They did an awesome job, did they not? We're going to bring them back up in a moment for an encore. Would you all like that? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm going to speak briefly from the word. I'll let the kids get a moment to get seated. So what were, what were they singing about the whole time? Jesus, but more specifically, his birth. I was expecting someone to say Caesar. Okay. <laughs> They're singing about his birth. And is his birth a big deal? Okay, if it's a big deal, then we need to treat it like it's a big deal. If it's not a big deal, then let's treat it accordingly like it's not a big deal. But verse after verse after verse after verse that the kids quoted showed that Jesus' birth is a pretty big deal. We're going to look at some of them again in Matthew 2. You can turn there if you want. But in Matthew 2, look what it says. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. So the wise men believed Jesus' birth was a big deal. Think about that for a moment. They, we don't know how many there were, legend has it there's three, uh, but they and their large entourage of servants traveled from the east, uh, likely somewhere in Persia. And depending on where they traveled in Persia, it, it was anywhere they traveled from 700 to 1,500 miles. They didn't have planes back then. They didn't have trains. They didn't have cars. So think about that. So important and so momentous was this event, they traveled this great distance to witness it. So these men were intellectuals and learned men, and they realized they weren't too wise to realize that God was up to something, and it was a big thing, and they wanted to be a part of it. The king of the Jews had been born. But think about that for a moment. The king of the Jews? I mean, the Jews had had many kings, right? I mean, Saul, David... Solomon, the list goes on and on. And these wise men, they knew their history. So what was so important about this one? Well, he wasn't just one in a long lineage. Yes, that was true. But he was the king of the Jews. Not just another simple king in a long line of kings. He was the king. And the wise men, they realized it. And they realized it was a big deal. And they did something about it. What about King Herod? If we keep reading in Matthew, the very next verse, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So, so he freaks out over it. Why? Well, because he feels threatened. And what do you do when you feel threatened? You, you freak out. He knows something is up, and he doesn't like it. And he knows the birth of the king of the Jews is a big deal. That's why he is troubled. Look at the shepherds. The kids read some verses from there as well in Luke 2. We can see what it says. It says, 
after the angels appear, it says, the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they realize that what is going on, that, that the Lord has revealed this to them. And they've been privileged to be brought in and be a part of the story. And so they witness, and they go, and what do they do? Well, look in Luke chapter 2. We see what their response is to this news. It says, verse 16, And they went with haste. I really like that, by the way, because it's like they saw God do this amazing thing. They just saw these angels, and they're just like, Ah, oh, no, let's, let's kind of get things together here and tidy up. No. What does it say? They went with haste. Like they knew God was up to something and they wanted to be a part of it as quickly as possible. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. So the shepherds knew that Jesus' birth was a big deal. Even the angels that get brought into the story, they realize it's a big deal. In Matthew 1, it says, because Joseph finds out his fiancée is pregnant, not by his own doing, and so he's, he's thinking about, you know, basically breaking up with her, essentially. It says, as he considered these things, Matthew 1, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the angel is telling Joseph, like, God is behind all of this. This is God's doing. It's a big deal. You need to trust him and continue on and marry her. What about the angel in the book of Luke? It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you news of great joy that will be for the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, and look what it says here, a Savior. A Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. This angel knew it was a big deal. So the people and the angels, they knew it was a big deal. Guess what? The, the testimony of the scriptures here of these people lets us know it was a big deal. Therefore, we need to make sure it's a big deal for us. Think about that for a moment. If it is a big deal, then, then we need to ask one additional question. Why is Jesus' birth a big deal? Why do we put an emphasis on Scripture uh, regarding Christmas? Because we see that what God is doing is something where he, he enters into the affairs of men. He gets involved. God himself steps into human history. That's, we call it, the fancy word is the incarnation. Meaning, God in the flesh. God himself enters into time and into history to come as a baby infant. And he's given different names and titles. One of them we read is Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And 
We're told he is to be called Jesus, which means what? Oh, you knew the first one, but you don't, you don't know this one, do you? God saves. God saves. But listen and think about it for a moment. This time, God wasn't there to save his people from the Egyptians. And he wasn't there to save them from the Philistines. And he wasn't there to save them from the Assyrians. And he wasn't there to save them from the Babylonians. He was there to save them from themselves. What do I mean? Well, they were fallen just like us because they had sinned. They had sinned against the holy God. And they needed saving, not from an external enemy, but they needed to be saved from their sin. They themselves needed saving. Matthew one twenty one, we get the gospel right there in, in, in a nutshell. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And God is very, very, very gracious. Very gracious to send his son for us to do exactly what Matthew writes here. Save his people from their sins. And every single one of us has sin. Sin is, is basically doing anything that goes against God's word or not doing things that he commands us to do in his word. So it can be sins that we commit, sins we commit, or sins we omit. Things we should do or things we shouldn't do. We can do it both ways. <clears throat> but God saves us from our sins. How? By Jesus how does he come with all royal fanfare no he's born to a poor couple and what does he do he grows up in, in relative obscurity even for a few years in egypt as they're in hiding and what happens then they come back to israel and he's still living in relative obscurity but he grows up and around the age of 30, he begins his ministry, his public ministry. He is on the scene, so to speak. John the Baptist prepares the way. And what is the message? It's repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message that Jesus is giving. Well, guess what, friends? That is the message for us today. The message hasn't changed. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came and laid down his life. When he was on the cross, he was dying, not because of anything he had done. He had no sin. He was dying for your sins. He was dying for your sins. He was paying the punishment. And the punishment was not just a physical death on a cross. That alone would be awful and horrible. But he bore the wrath of God. God's wrath, he has to deal with sin. If he's going to be a just God and a righteous God, he has to deal with sin. So how does he deal with it? He has, to, he has to punish sin. So what does he do? He sends his son to take the punishment for us. So one of two people has to receive that punishment. Either you're going to receive the punishment for your own sins, or Jesus receives the punishment. The punishment has to be poured out somewhere. And if you don't have Jesus, then you receive the punishment yourself. But I'm here today to tell you, that you can be saved from the punishment. The wrath can be averted because Jesus paid that price for you. Guess what you have to do? You have to repent, just like Jesus said, repent 
and believe in him. You have to believe that what he did was enough, that what he did was for you. And the Bible says if you do that, then you are forgiven of your sins. The Bible says if you repent of your sins and believe in Jesus, you are forgiven. You are made right with God. All your sins wiped clean. And let me tell you, if you've never had that done, it is an amazing and glorious thing. It's beautiful. And you can be made right with God. You have a broken relationship with God because of your sin. Think about that. The very God who created you and made you, you can't have that relationship with him because sin is it's like a wall. It bars the way back to God. What does Jesus come and do? He removes the wall. He breaks it down. We see a, a glimpse of that when he's crucified, and it says that the, the veil of the temple was torn in two. Which direction is it torn from? From top to bottom. It's signifying what God is the one that's doing the tearing, and he's opening up the way back to him. What a beautiful thing to be able to get back to God. Not by our own doing, but by Jesus' doing. We could try and try and try and try. We'd never make it back to God. Jesus is the only one who makes the way. And it is only through Jesus. He himself makes it clear in John 14. I am the way and the truth and the life. This is Jesus. That's what he says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, but through me, right? There's only one way back to the Father, and it's through Jesus. Every single person in this room, every single person worldwide gets that offer to come back to the Father. But it has to be through Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that paid the penalty. The one who pays the penalty offers you the redemption. He is the one. He laid it down. He says, I laid down my life. I can pick it back up again. Guess what? That's exactly what he did. He laid down his life for you. And what does he do three days later? He picks it back up again. He shows that he has victory. He shows the very thing that he promises eternal life if you believe the very thing he promises you can have complete confidence why because he is the life remember what i just said in john 14 he said i am the way the truth and the life the one who is the life can give the eternal life and you can have confidence it's yours because of what jesus has done so i encourage you today to repent of your sins and trust in jesus if you do that then you get the forgiveness you get to be made right with God. You get your sins wiped away and you get the righteousness of Jesus put upon you. God sent the best gift ever and it will never, ever, ever be outdone and it was his own son and he sent him to redeem a people for his own. Today, if you've never believed before, let today be the day that you become one of his people. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Father, I do pray for anyone here who might not know you. Show them the beauty and the glory of the gospel, of the good news, of what you did thousands of years ago through your son and how you're calling a people to be your own. And today, you're calling a people in this room to repent and trust. May they do that, Father, right now. May they believe in you and in your son Jesus. Give them the gift of faith, Lord. Let them trust. Reveal to them how amazing 
and awesome and powerful you are. And do this all for your glory, Jesus. Amen.